Good evening, it's the Castletales Force Report, take two. We apologize for our technical difficulties this evening, y'all, but thanks for joining us. It's Mo Better, T-Bird, and the other guy, OG. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening again. Again? Yeah. Oh, you know, second time's a charm, right? I hope so. Of course, of course. Again, (laughs) just want to say, um, in case you didn't hear the first time, it's a national holiday. My mom's birthday, so happy birthday, Mama Teresa. Happy birthday. All right, gentlemen. All right, we had a um we had a loss this week. A lot going on. Baseball legend Tom McCarver dies. He's Tim. Down. Tim McCarver. It's right here in front of my face, Tim. Okay. Look, that's why <laughs> we should have went the first time. Right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, broadcaster, Hall of Fame catcher, World Series champ. Um, what do you remember about? What are you gonna remember about him, T Bird? Well, I just, uh, I said it, but <laughs> right. Uh, I I just like the way he did the game. He, he was a color color guy, color analyst, mm-hmm. and uh, I like the way he broke the broke the game down. Uh, him and Joe Buck seemed to have a good chemistry going. They did all the big games back in the day, and uh, you know he was. A lot of people didn't really like McCarver's style, but I did. Um, I like how direct he was and this and that. So, you know, I, I'll miss that part of it uh, because, you know, he called if a, if it was a bad play, he called it a bad play. Mm-hmm. That's the way I like to look at it. Yeah, so. he was known for being talkative, OG, but across 60 years from being a catcher to being a broadcaster, um, he he left his impact on baseball. Yeah, for sure. He he was 21 years as a player um, and, and played in four different decades. I think uh, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, played in several World Series and, you know, was, was runner up to the MVP one year. And then after that, he was a broadcaster for another several decades. And he broadcasted a 23 World Series and 20 All-Star Games and won some, you know, Emmy Awards, some broadcasting awards as well. His 18-year partnership with Joe Buck is certainly what he'll mostly be remembered for, T-Bird. What do you remember about that duo and, and how um, McCarver stuck out? Well, like I said before, he he was very direct in his approach. Uh, a lot of people didn't didn't like him. I mean, I, I think he said some stuff to Deion Sanders and when the Braves were making their run and Dion was pouring ice all over him in the, in the clubhouse. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's things like that. And, uh, but I, I just knew that when McCarver was doing the game, it was, it was a big game or it was in the national game. And for me, that's what I like to see. I like to see our teams be in the national spotlight. And, and, you know, that's what I remember about McCarver to me. I know he did some regional games, but he did the big game. So that's the, what I remember about his voice. Yeah. So condolences to his family, friends, and of course the um, MLB community in terms of this loss. Um, as a as a player, as a broadcaster, as a man, I'm sure that there's some who will certainly remember him for an impact that really let, will last a lifetime. Right. Um, Want to move on to what was, in my opinion, the most anticlimactic Super Bowl ever. Ever first three and first four three and three fourths quarters back and forth love love the competitiveness it was great to see two quarterbacks just put up amazing numbers mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts could have been named MVP even though he lost because he played lights out 
Um, but it came down to a final call, OG. And I'm not saying it wasn't the right call, but it just it just really changed momentum. Nobody wanted to see, you know, the Chiefs really play conservatively there at the end, even though it was smart, you know? You know, yeah, I, I understand what you're what, what you're getting at. And but the the conservative play, the smartest play of the entire game was when Jarek McKinnon could have scored that touchdown I know. and had a story to tell his grandkids, but but took the knee. I mean, uh, everybody wants to score in the Super Bowl, but it was the best it was. play to win the game. It was. Uh, it, but, T-Bird, didn't we deserve more as fans? I thought we, we got, got it. We got it. I mean, this we, is the most exciting Super Bowl we've yeah, had. We got, we got scoring on both sides. I mean, it was both a, quarterbacks played well. I mean, you, to me, you couldn't ask for much more. What what is it about I, it? I would have I would have rather it been a blowout. Again, no. I, I'm not I'm not saying that you know there wasn't you know pass interference, but you have to admit that that changed the momentum of the game and, and gave and and pretty much handed the Super Bowl to, to the Chiefs. I, you know, uh, you you can call that or you don't have to call it. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have called that at that point in the game, but it. I hate to say it, but it happens. You know, we Atlanta fans. Wait, it, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. It happens to us all the time. Who are y'all rooting for? I, I really, I like both of them. Yeah. I mean, I like Jalen Hurts and I like uh, um, Mahomes and Andy Reid. So it, I, I didn't have no dog in the fight. Yeah. I, I same, same kind of thing. I, it both are exciting. Both are the in the new wave of quarterback. I didn't really have a. You know, I wouldn't pull them one way or the other. I just want a good game. And we got it. Yeah. We got it, Mo. Mm. 95%. The, sure. the last play of the game, you could have called the penalty there, but they didn't. But, it, yeah, it stinks that it threw, it it made such an impact. But maybe it was an uncatchable ball and, and you throw the flag, you know, let it play out and then throw the I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but. It was the right call. It just stinks that it kind of put a damper on the game. Yeah, yeah. And I certainly respect for both of these quarterbacks. Um, Patrick Mahomes was obviously hurt, um, but he gutted it out. Um, so we'll see both of these teams again. I want to ask you, what do you think about the best D-line in the league as far as sacks go? I mean, third best all time. Zero, right? And that got zero sacks. That old that O line, I think there were a couple of fourth down plays where they just bullied that. They bullied that first down. Um, so certainly was impressive. They made a stand. And and as far as the the mechanics of it, it was a great game to watch in terms of the fundamentals. It really was. What'd you yeah. think, T Bird? I just I just thought it, overall it was just a good football game. You don't see many good football games in the Super Bowl. Right. And the fans wanted scoring and they got it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I that's that's my overall take. Uh, you know, it wasn't no blowout. It wasn't. It wasn't one-sided. a boring game. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a boring game. It was exciting to me. I, I think the the crazy stuff was all that halftime stuff. You didn't like you didn't like Riri's performance. I just you watch your tongue had, about my fake ex. She hadn't been been relevant in how many well, years? Well, it, it ain't that. It ain't. It's all that other stuff. That what the lip singing looked like. Look, all that satanic stuff Look, to I'll, me. You, you, don't read that stuff online. I'm just saying. <sighs> no, 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 no. That ain't, I ain't saying that. I'm just saying what I saw. 
And little, I see a lot of that. It was a little far out for T-Bird. I mean, I see a lot of that. I mean, go back to the Grammys. With, what was Sam Smith and them doing? I didn't watch the Grammys. Uh, he was giving you something to talk about. He come about. out in all red dressed like a devil. Okay. I mean, so if you wear red, you dress like nah, a devil? No, I'm just saying, the, and they had the, you had to see it. Well, my understanding is the reason she wore the red was a shout out to a designer that she respected that passed away. Uh, okay. Well, you know she's pregnant, too. Mm-hmm. She showed that off. Yeah, That was yeah. the first thing she did. Yeah, she showed it. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, you, you see. You want uh, Rihanna halftime or you want the Bee Gees? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, man, just a half, good halftime show. How about that? Uh, whatever. I, I could take it or leave it. It's just not the same anymore. But it, it was, it, it, sand, right it sandwiched a, a, a two good halves of, of football for the yeah. most part. I just want to say for the record, the baby is not mine. And with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> Hey, this is producer Dex with the Couch Potato Sports Report. I have so much fun watching these guys talk about sports like they're sitting around a water cooler. There are a few things that can compare to sharing your peace of mind about something that you care about. Have you ever thought about telling the world what you know? That's where Pod comes in. Podbean is a podcast platform that combines live streaming, analytics, a website, and more all in one place. You can create, record, distribute, manage, and monetize your pod from a desktop or phone app. Start with the basic free plan and receive a $100 for advertising to build your audience. Now go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will receive $100 advertising credit when you start your pod today. Also, it's a great way to support the show. Hey, it's OG from the Couch Potato Sports Report. You know, the smart one. Listen live every Friday at 6 p.m. on Podbean as I drop some knowledge on T-Bird to tell him like it is. And then he tries to tell me why I'm wrong about Notre Dame being hypocrites, the Braves repeating, or soccer being better than basketball. Chat with us live on Fridays or catch it later on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are back here on the Cows Potato Sports Report, here live at Mission Road Studios every Friday, 6 o'clock. You can join us on Podbean, join the conversation. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow, find us on Spotify, Netflix, Hulu, and you can follow, <laughs> you can follow us at The Couch Spot. You can follow us at the local liquor store. You can follow us to jail. But you, you can't can, follow us home. How about that? You can't follow us home. No. Although, no. if you want, I will give you Mo's address. See me after the show. But you know, for real, though, my address is literally floated, floating out there since I'm licensed. Yeah, I know. Do you know how many, like, hitmen keep getting up? Like, you dude, it's what? the third don't, house don't, on the left. I can't deal with you. Stop. So, spring is around the corner. Spring training is coming soon. Spring training will get us ready for the kickoff of the next MLB season. But we got a few rule changes, guys. And I'm all right. I'm like, I'm really excited about one in particular. Pitch timer. 
I don't know if I'm happy about that. We're talking about less waiting and more action, T-Bird. Maybe so. I'm 15 on. seconds with bases empty, 20 with runners on. Yeah, I'm just going to have to see how it works. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm traditional. So. We got to speed the game up. Yeah, it, the average game averaged three of uh, a few minutes over three hours, which is, as we know, it's it's one of the slower paced games. I don't care. I told and, you. I told you. Yeah, but but you and your traditionalists are just. I, I told you if I spend a hundred dollars on a ticket, that don't bother me. That don't bother me at all. And that's fine. You can. Go I want to get the whole experience and all that. I do. But so the penalty, if a pitcher violates that, is they get a ball, you know, on the pitch. But if a batter delays getting into the strike box, they get a strike. So it's both sides. It's not just pitchers. Um, some of the other kind of notable uh, changes are the elimination of the shift. Yeah. Uh, and that's because batting average, but specifically singles, are down big time mm-hmm. over, you know, over the past few years. And so this is to kind of increase the number of singles mm-hmm. in the game, which again, leads to more action. Um, pickoffs or, or kind of pitcher stepping off the rubber combined with the bigger bases by three inches. It goes from, what is it? 15 to 18 mm-hmm. inches. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So supposedly that increases the steals, but also the reduction of the pickoffs or, you know, pitcher stepping off the rubber uh, leads to more steals. And so, again, with the more action, more, you know, just more offense. Um, and then the the other big one is posi- reducing the number of position players pitching, which is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, and I see the, the skepticism on your face, T-Bird, but this is what the fans want. They wanted mm-hmm. more balls in play, more action on the bases, and better pace of play. So this – address these these rule changes address that it's going to make the game faster it's, it's you're going to still get your more bang for your buck but hopefully you'll be more engaged well the average fan will be more engaged throughout the whole nine 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 innings you know yeah because yeah. i mean I, I mean i get that i'm i'm just, I, I take the game uh kind of the way it was i don't know if i can say the way it was meant to be but you know that that the way the game is don't necessarily bother me. It, it's a few things, but not that. It but has to are, evolve, though, right? Yeah, OG? yeah. These are minor changes. I mean, minor changes. We're not changing anything drastic, it, with the exception of maybe eliminating the shift. But the rest of this is all minor stuff. There, there's also going to be more attempted steals. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was so, just reading from here. So. It, and and there could be the length of the game could be the same because there's going to be more action and more whatever you're going to get a more invested fan but and a higher scoring I, game I, is better I, for everybody again i just think it's the difference in the uh eras you know mm-hmm. i mean y'all are young, y'all in the younger era i'm in the old era so you know i like apples this this got a worm in it you know what, yeah. no, what kind <laughs> yeah. that? And That's y'all like apples teachers. and y'all like apples that don't have them. I mean, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I, I can take the game in its purest form. I can take the game when the pitcher would knock the uh, batter off the plate. Now you do it as almost starts a fight. Right. So, but there's not yeah. enough of, of your type of fans to kind of 
get the newer fans in, to stay engaged. Well, yeah, maybe not. I just, again, I, I well, I'm just going to wait and see for myself. I may end up liking. Yeah, you never know. Well, I'm wondering, and I, I don't, I'm not a better. So, are there are there books betting? Is there betting on MLB? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can bet on about anything. Is it is it as um, lucrative as say in the the NFL or nothing's more lucrative than NFL betting? Yeah, you have more eyes on less games, basically. Okay, so there's like really not much else that you can rely on to bring in the casual fan aside from making these more changes. Like, I mean, OG said it. This these are minor. Did they have sooner fantasy? or later teams for baseball yeah no, so, sooner or later that. sooner or later they're gonna have to make some big changes og right yeah i think so i, I think it's just you got to get more action and, and more offense in the game mm-hmm. and and right now we're in kind of where the pitchers have the upper hand mm-hmm. and batting averages are down kind of across the board over you know 10 and 15 years ago where it was quite the opposite how do you think you're gonna do that by some of these minor changes i mean if 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 you're if the Batting average is down across the league, specifically you singles. Well, that's the best way to get some momentum is to start, you know, playing small ball and getting getting one guy on, and then you get two and three. Eliminating the shift, for example, is a great way to start to address that. That's a small thing that can easily be tweaked or changed. It's not like they're going too far. It's this is a baby step. And if it works, maybe they'll do another one. Well, T Bird, you know. Maybe it's not the game that's the problem. Maybe maybe it's the fans because, you know, we're talking about getting more people engaged, speeding it up, making it more exciting. Mm-hmm. But that's really just not the point of baseball, is it? To it, The point is, that's why it's nine innings. That's why back in the day people brought, pic, brought picnics because it was – it lasted a long time. That was, that was really why it was America's pastime. So yeah. accommodating – these ADHD fans, is that really the trend that we want to kind of jump on and continue to address? Well, I think they're going to do whatever they feel like they need to do to make money. So mm-hmm. if that's what's warranted, then I think they'll do it. It's just all about money. Yeah. So, you know, they say, well, these particular fans don't like it the old way. Well, we're going to change it, you know? And, and that's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, Fans like OG that 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 shots fired. No, I'm just saying it's it's fans like him. See, for him, it's not a big deal. To he don't have to think about the change. Okay, we're gonna change because the games are too too slow. That's that's him, and people like him, you know. But for me, I'm I'm a, I'm a traditionalist of the game. And the game takes time, and you play the game the right way, and uh, you 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 not to me you, you you should be able to knock that batter off the plate, you know, just like Bob Gibson did. Now you do it; it's a it's a act of Congress. What I hear T Bird saying is, back in my day, well, I mean, but, but, there is generational gap there. I was just gonna mention that, you know, I think part of it is like he's probably grown up watching baseball even as a child and probably yes. never missed too yes. many games that entire time. Used to watch the Braves lose 104 games a year. <laughs> but you know, with some of us, I I would go full on decades without seeing a game in person or, you know, even on TV. So 
but it's it's and you can do that tiber but baseball will fade from it'll be a distant fourth and and maybe even out of the top four if it doesn't change because there's only so many traditionalist fans like yourself and you can't go to all all 162 games yeah i mean i i get your point i mean we just have to wait and see but, but it is happens. it is all about the money and and yeah. they got to do something to kind of keep that keep that golden goose uh you know with, and the money flowing well here's yeah. the thing you know as it continues to evolve the less and less it's going to look like baseball so are we really seeing the beginning of the end of mm -hmm. baseball as we know it in terms of because think about it the big changes that will eventually have to come will totally change the dynamics of the sport but it's like it's like the when the nba implemented the three-point shot oh this is the biggest change they made and oh basketball is never going to be the same i i mean at this point how many years later like that's all we know is basketball with the but three that's just shot. It. it it changed the game and we've all we've all said not for the better though, you're right you know? i think it ruined it mm -hmm. yeah one of our chatters uh told you to bite your tongue well that's direct quote from our chatter <laughs> about the changes of the game if it's kind of changing that but so, hey i'm just the messenger put your gun down football has made changes base uh basketball has made it, it it's all got to evolve and and keep up with the times but it it's baseball's turn to go through some big changes yeah, yeah. i mean I, i'm i'm not uh I'm slow to change, so I'll admit that I'm 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 slow to change, and um, we'll see. We we just gotta see what happens. I think Ma. we all um, need to see the writing on the wall. I think um, we talked about, we, and we've mentioned it a few times. Is fan um, fan led leagues um, where the fans decide it's gonna gain traction, guys. Especially if we continue to be a nation that really relies on social media and yep. and. Um, what do you call them? Viral type moments. Because um, if you're trying to appease the fan, then you have to evolve to the fan base. And most of your fan base is virtual and wants instant results and wants to be a part of a movement. And so when you were watching the Super Bowl last weekend, did you have your phone? Were you messing around on your phone at the same time? Probably um, were. Probably, probably were. I was. I bet T-Bird was not. He had his phone away and he was watching the game. But because this era of fan, the kind of the, you know, 20 to 40 something fan or, or 50 something fan is going to be interacting with their phone as well. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense because it's a way for to engage with what you're watching. Mm -hmm. In and case anybody didn't notice, that was a subtle dig at me. I, my phone accidentally went off and I'm sorry. Was that, that wasn't a dick? No. Oh, okay, my bad. Really did. <laughs> yeah, it's I, not I, all about you, Dex. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, but you know, here we are. <laughs> all right, folks, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about a new season that's around the corner. Y'all stick with us.
Why would you hold on to a stale old auto policy when you have a fresh new car? New ride, new you, new plan, right? The LeVette Group will assess the new you for a tailored policy that meets all your requirements. So why not update your auto needs with a personalized plan from the LeVette Group? Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678-777-771. Again, I'm Todd Dean of the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. Hey, this is T-Bird from the Couch Potato Sports Report. I think about Atlanta sports all the time, but I talk about them every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern here on Podbean. Follow the link, join myself, Mo, and the other guy as we'll discuss all Atlanta sports from the Braves to the Hawks and the Falcons. Again, join me, T-Bird, with Mo and the other guy every Friday, 6 p.m. live. The episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen. We are back here on the Casper Test Sports Report. Feeling better, T-Bird? Yeah. Let me tell you a joke. I'm good. Where we at? All right. So the XFL starts this weekend, guys. More football, um, different format. I think I saw a couple of familiar names, but these are like seventh and eighth and hundred round draft picks who are hopefully going to give us some some kind of entertainment while we wait for the NFL to come back in the fall. Are you excited? I mean. Who doesn't want to see Vic Beasley? I, I, side note, Vic Beasley is actually my mailman. He's really fast, so I'm wow. wondering what he's going to do. Wow. Yeah, I said it. Well, you know, if you want to watch football, you know, you can watch some. I don't know. You know, a lot of people in the summertime, people are gone. Uh, it's just not the same um, aura. Uh, you don't get the same goosebumps as you do in the NFL. What do you say, OG? Yeah. So we've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson as an owner. Yeah, it, but that don't. It's like straight from from that show Ballers. Remember? Mm-hmm. It's like it gives me it gave me those vibes. But no. Um, so there are eight teams in the XFL. They they're going to do a ten week season and a championship game in on May thirteenth. So it's enough. It's enough of a taste for us to just you know we don't have quite as long to wait for the NFL. And then uniquely enough, in the mid April, the USFL will start up again, which is the other league, very similar to the uh, XFL. So we're going to have 20 weeks of football that's going to extend into July, which coincidentally is just before the NFL preseason starts. And so we've got some some notable players, some backup quarterbacks and, and you know, Josh Gordon, uh, notable wide receivers. I mean, we've got some known former NFL players, but is the quality going to be there? I think that's that's our major our big question, one of our big questions. I think and for me, it's, you know, you hear Vic Beasley, AJ McCarron, these guys that 
no offense, couldn't cut it in the NFL. I mean, let's let's just be brutally honest. So mm-hmm. how do we really see them? Or is it even entertaining to see, you know, yes, it's professional football, but they're players who apparently play at the highest level. So are we really going to see quality football when we when we watch this league? I mean, that's that's a good question. You you just don't know. I mean, because everything is based off of the NFL. And and when you see less than what you would see in the NFL game, that's not quality. So a couple of the interesting things, uh, some interesting rules is on kickoffs, the, the players are going to be in the NFL 10 yards apart. In the XFL, they're going to be five yards apart, and no one except the kicker and the returner can move until the bot is caught or it's on the ground. So that's going to encourage returns instead of touchbacks, which in the NFL, it's like, uh, just might as well go go from the 25. Rarely do you get a return on a kickoff. Um, after touchdowns, you can get a one-point play, a two-point play, or a three-point play from the 10-yard line. So it's, you know, going for two, but they're, they're two-point plays from the five-yard line as opposed to... So a little things here and there. Um, it, hopefully it'll get some more excitement and just, you know, more action that we want to see. But um, I, I think if we have some decent play and the players are halfway... De- I, I think that's going to be... That's going to be the, the clincher. And all games are available on either... ABC or ESPN plus. Okay. All right. Here's my thing. And we talk about the evolution of the sport. And we remember when Hamlin got hurt a few weeks ago and we all were thinking, you know, this is a violent sport. It really is dangerous. These, these men could die. And so the conversation I'm sure is starting to move toward how does this game evolve to protect the players? And we've seen ridiculous and just really unrealistic, rules in place now to protect them. But again, it's a violent sport. In my opinion, the game of football, American football has to evolve in such a way that it becomes more like rugby or something less contact related um, in order to sustain itself. The NFL cannot continue to um, play at the level where players are exposed to CTE and all these other serious injuries and be relevant in a way where it's still going to attract the same kind of interest. You're starting to get more, how can we say this? Folks who are starting to question and challenge the tradition of of this sport. So how does it evolve to, again, draw in this new generation? The new generation isn't necessarily 100% sold on American football as it is. Yes, it is expanding into other countries. That's wonderful. But as it is, it's going to have to change. So the XFL, the AFL, any of these other leagues that try to, quote, compete, it's not about filling in the holes of what the NFL doesn't do. It's trying to evolve in a way that the NFL can't if they want to, if they want to remain relevant or become more um, relevant or global than in the NFL. Well, I think also that it's another way for guys to try to get to the NFL. Mm. So – you know, if they plan longer, maybe they can show and maybe somebody will pick them up. I think that's kind of an, an unofficial type yeah. of thing, yeah. you know. And they've, they've got some reputable coaches as well. I'm sure we remember Bob Stoops of yeah. uh, college football fame. And then Terrell Buckley, Jim Hazlitt, 
Wade Phillips, who's about 100 years old these days, <laughs> yeah. uh, Heinz Ward, and Rod Woodson. So I mean, I've, I've heard of most of those, those names. Um, I, I don't know. There's some notable players on there, but I think we're right. It's, it's guys that want to get to the NFL, and it's kind of their unofficial tryout. Well, uh, it, you know, again, it's not the NFL. And, and when you – I mean, you can look at Canadian football if you just want to look at football, and that's a mess. <laughs> so this right here, we just got to – all these things we have to wait and see. XFL, United States Football League, when you measure that against the NFL, everybody's not watching. But it's not against the NFL. I'm, I'm just saying in my mind, I ain't talking about – no, it's not going because they, they plan it in the spring. Right. So it, it's kind of – it's just getting more football out there. The people I, want football. Right, and they're going to get it. But in my mind, I'm not going to – it ain't must-see TV. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's I, I we've got to see. I mean, the, a couple of years ago, the original XFL was it was it was like it's kind of like watching wrestling and football pads yeah. a little bit. But it's better than not, than not no football. Yeah. How much of that do you think is because they were represented by WWE? And then we had thrown in so many gimmicks versus a good if bit. They were, yeah, a good if bit. they were represented by somebody else, do you th- would do you think you would feel the same? It's it's different now than it was back then because it's not run by McMahon and, and WWE and the rest of that circus. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's yeah, this is a was, more professional. Yeah, kind of not made for TV hoopla. Yeah, with uh, Jesse Ventura getting in yeah. people's faces. That like, was that's just that was crazy. I I, think, I didn't like that at all. I think one of the things that we might be overlooking is timing. Um, you know, once you tried champagne, I don't know if you can go back to Kool-Aid. And I feel like we just finished watching the Super Bowl, one of the better Super Bowls in a while. Do you really want to watch some low effort? I mean, I, I shouldn't even call it low effort, but do you want to watch something that you know isn't going to be the same? Yeah, I think if we... Wait, instead of the next week starting up with football again, I think instead of having at the end of this these two seasons, combined seasons, having a couple weeks, I think if we push that up right until, you know, the end of August and just had a two or three or four week gap from now until, you know, mid-March or April even, that would a be cool better. off period, yeah. Yeah, that way expectations can be reduced. But right now we're coming off a great Super Bowl yeah. into this, which – is not likely to be great. I think they were trying to risk the timing because, I mean, what major sport is going on right now? Uh, I guess basketball. Is hockey going on right yeah. now? Yeah. yeah, basketball and hockey. Basketball and hockey are the only two that are going on right now. And they maybe they feel like they they had a chance at getting some of that. But the thing that I don't understand, there's a, there's a time in the summer after the NBA and hockey season end, which is right around the same time. But that's, yeah. what, end of May, I believe, or early uh, – early June, right? Yeah. Then there's from that point until NFL preseason starts where baseball's the only thing on. So most of June, all of July into August, baseball's the only thing. Like shift shift some season somewhere back so that it's you and baseball. I'll take that bet all day. Is that when I'm USFL a, is starting? No, USFL's in April. In April? 
That's actually so not a bad time to start. It's it's just right around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Ah. So they're both basically starting. Yes. Yep. But the issue is, and how do, or the question is, how do we get fans invested? The reason the NFL is so popular is there's so many fanatics, so many fans who are invested in these teams and these players. And there's nothing, again, what's exciting, what's what's provocative, what's compelling about this league right now. And when when I hear, oh, Vic Beasley and A.J. McCarron are in it, I mean, I'm, so, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not sold, but you're basically saying you're making these poster child, you're making these men poster childs for can't hack it NFL. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's, it's again, why would we want to watch, quote, subpar players? Now, if you bring in, you know, first round draft pick, then okay, all right. But is that even anything that's possible or likely? No. Exactly. And so it's again, it's 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 gonna always be the 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 albatross. It's gonna always be the elephant in the room of you're not gonna be able to convince us that this is competitive football if you don't have competitive players. And that's fair. I I think the other thing to get fans invested, we we need Fans need to fall in love with the team. They need to be diehard, you know, whatever their city is. Green Bay has a perfect example of this. Everybody in Green Bay is a Green Bay Packers fan. There's no, you know, rarely if ever is there some, out, you know, somebody, unless they're from out of town, that is not a Packers fan. So if you have grown up in Green Bay, you are a Packers We need other sports need to adopt that kind of diehard mentality just to get fans invested in their team. So whether it's the XFL or some other sport, you just, you got to get that, that buy-in. So are you watching tomorrow or not? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll look at something, but. Something. Uh, you know, I, I might watch. It depends on how intriguing the game is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, you're going to text us so we make sure we all watch? No, I'm not watching. What? Mm-hmm. I got to show I got to finish binge watching this board. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> all right, y'all stick with us. Well, we've got Mo's timeout coming up next. Why would you hold on to a stale old auto policy when you have a fresh new car? New ride, new new plan, right? The LeVette Group will assess the new you for a tailored policy that meets all your requirements. So why not update your auto needs with a personalized plan from the LeVette Group? Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678 677-7718. Again, I'm Todd Dean of the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. Hey, this is Mo Better with the Council Taylor Sports Report. I'd love for you to join us for what always promises to be an entertaining and lively discussion on the latest news in sports. And trust me, I need all the support I can get because refereeing these matchups with T-Bird and the other guy is no easy task. But it's always a lot of fun. 
Tune in Fridays at 6 o'clock. Back here on the Couch Potato Sports Report. Thank you for joining us. Chime in. Um, we're going to take a time out though now. And so uh, my mom shares a birthday with um, Michael Jordan. And mm-hmm. he made a very, very, very generous donation to make a wish $10 million. Um, and so I kind of was thinking, well, why aren't other players following suit. LeBron's a billionaire. Um, what does he need to do with all that money? So these millionaire athletes, do they have a responsibility to use their money for social causes? I mean, literally, it's, we're talking a drop in the bucket. If they all were to give money to something, don't we, do you think we would see a significant change? Again, do they have to? Should they? Is that pressure? Would you? If you were a millionaire, billionaire, would you give some of your money away? Yeah, it's to your benefit. Too. Right. Well, why don't we see more doing it then? That's a good question. I don't know. I I, I really don't know. Yeah. I, I'm going to push back on you, Mo. <laughs> LeBron literally built a private school in the worst part of Ohio. And, um, you know, he got all the parents' jobs, got free bicycles for people that need it and stuff like that. The kids have uniforms. They have the best education possible. Like, why y'all, why y'all want more of this man's money? Why do we need millionaires and billionaires? Why you know, do we need them? Tell that to ask that to Jeff Bezos. All right. So if we're gonna get on, if we're gonna get on athletes, let's get on all these business people. I don't mind that, that. have way too much money. You know what I mean? Like, and then you also have to remember with a lot of these athletes, there's a there's still a lot of them that go broke. So I understand if they're not giving money. So that's that's my pushback on it. So. But think about it. If you make what, okay, $300,000 a year is, you know, that's, that's pretty comfy to do above and beyond. So is, is it a mentality thing? Cause I'm, I'm thinking if, if, if you won the lottery, what, what would you do with it? Would, would you, you know, give and give and give to your friends and family, then you turn around and it's gone. Or do you strategically build your own wealth and then distribute that in a way that's it's some part for the greater good, you know? I feel like to be kind of, we talked about this with the role model discussion. Um, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's the star players almost duty to give back to that home city or whether it's where they came from or the city they're playing in, but it's just, it's kind of the right thing to do in my opinion, but I don't, I'm sure that not every player thinks that, but it's, it's, goodwill it promotes a lot of goodwill and and if some if the star players donating then typically other other players and other just people in the community will donate as well well maybe i mean think about it the reason we know that michael jordan donated 10 million dollars because there was a press release and obviously that information was was given to the public does it necessarily mean because we don't hear about some of these players that they're not doing this I was just going to bring that up. He probably spent a $10 million PR campaign is, is how that looks, really. Um, I mean, if you're really going to donate, donate. He could have also just done something to raise that money so it's actually really somebody else's money. Maybe he put some of it in. Maybe he put all of it in. Maybe he needed to write off $10 million in his taxes. So, I'm, 
I'm always skeptical whenever I hear billionaires donate hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Why? Because th- they, they otherwise they'd be paying it in taxes. I think he's still in the high tax bracket, even with that $10 million. Yeah, I know right he's off. still, but he maybe was just like, well, I still got a, another 10 million that I can give the government or I can get goodwill out of this, which I'm fine with, you know, the people that need it are probably getting it. But in general, I think that's really, I, I don't look at this as an altruistic act. I look at it as PR. Mm, for what though? Goodwill. I mean, I mean, are I, you gonna buy more Jordan shoes? Don't own a pair. Okay. Well. Have it in twenty five years. Well, you know, some players can give, and some players you think can give can't. And uh, you know, Michael is a billionaire, so he can he can give ten big ten million dollars. But and then it's the mindset of uh, whoever that athlete is too. I mean, is is he is is you know, is business wise, is he being, you know, garnered that way? You know, somebody helping him, like, you know, you need to. And they say when you're rich like that, you, you know, it's best to give. Yeah. Well, Trey signed a pretty big contract, and, and, you know, we don't know a whole lot about his, uh, his giving status. We know he bought a house in Cali. Yeah, we don't know yet. Maybe that's something that may happen later on. It's just five years in, so. Is, are are we a little bit presumptuous to think that because they're professional athletes that they're already multimillionaires? Well, you know, you, we think that they are, but they're really not. I mean, that first rookie contract, you paying a lot of people. So yeah. you ain't got as much money as as one would think. And your second and third contracts are usually the the big the ones. big ones. But like like look at to switch sports here. Look at the comparison with Jalen Hurts' contract versus Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has that mega deal. Is it four hundred fifty million? Something ridiculous. Jalen Hurts is still on his rookie deal and making two million dollars yeah. over the yeah. contract. Yeah. So it it uh. It, it, I mean, it's a big difference, and and that's why they try to uh, Jalen Hurst. That's that's why you want to try to win a Super Bowl with him right now. Why you ain't paying him a lot of money? Yeah. But the star players in the NBA, we all know they can afford to to give. I mean, we're not talking about the you know sixth, seventh, eighth man on the bench. We're talking about the star players. Every team's got just about at least one, for the most part. I think they can all they can all give a, a million or two. But then. It's more about if you give a, a million dollars, if you have to tell somebody that you did it, you know, is that mm. is that as as good of a feeling or, mm. you know, are you doing it to, for the right thing or just to say that? Interesting. Well, it. you think about players like uh, Kawhi Leonard. I, I think I heard the story where he literally has saved most of his his salary. So smart, understanding that, again, money doesn't spoil. Um and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Do we even have the right to be in these players' pockets in terms of how they spend their money in the first place, you know? No. I mean, I'm saying if you're going to bring them up in the conversation, you're going to have to bring up all the other millionaires that don't donate, and, you know, because at the same time, I don't think they so. were. But I'll plenty of them. Yeah. I don't think so, though, because they're not the ones, like, if the guy that runs the, you know, whatever store down the street who's a millionaire, like, he's not famous, but the athlete is. Okay. All right. So the what? All right. Let me ask you this: Do you think right now Jeff Bezos is 
slinging books out of his garage? Or do you think he pays other people to do it? I'm he. I'm sure he pays plenty for other people to write. Okay, so he he he's not actually the one doing it. Where the guy who who built a business or it became a millionaire off of whatever it is that they sell, I think that's still a little bit different than somebody like Bezos. Celebrity status is different than millionaire status. I only use his name because we know him. Yeah, you know, because I mean? he's a celebrity. I mean, I'd say that same thing about um. Uh, what's his name uh, from Omaha? Um, um, Buffett. Yeah, Buffett. I'd say this thing only because we know their name. There's yeah. still other millionaires out there whose yes. names you haven't heard of Plenty. that are pretty tight. You know what I mean? So if you're going to say that about athletes, you have to say it about them also. Well, then a lot of them be anonymous. The, the too. stage is different yeah. for an athlete. That's what. That's kind of what what Mo was mentioning is if you are the the athlete on that stage on that pedestal. Do, Should you do this? Do, do you have a moral obligation? I mean, Jeff Bezos is in the business of making money. Um, professional athletes are a brand, and we've talked about that. So, again, do they owe it to the brand to do something like this? Or, again, do we even have a right to ask or expect it of them? What I'm saying is if we are going to ask that of athletes, we should also ask that of other millionaires. Ask it of a capitalist? All other capitalists. Yeah, because whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, if, if Jeff Bezos could dunk a ball and become a billionaire, he'd do that. Okay. It's the same thing with all those other. They want to, you know, they want the least amount of resistance to get where they want to be. For LeBron, it just so happened to be basketball. Yeah. For somebody else, it might be computers. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd argue that the capitalist has more incentive to donate than the athlete, mm. with the exception of the business athlete like like lebron who has mm -hmm. a business behind him jordan has a business behind him because it's it's a tax write-off yeah so you can it it works out better if you donate more as a capitalist yeah i was reading an article about shaquille o'neal and just the venture capitalist side of, of his um in, in, of his money and it's smart he's because he's evolved into a businessman lebron has evolved into a businessman so by that same token I guess we're saying that it's good business to do something like this, whether you're an athlete or whether you are um, a corporate exec. That's that what I'm hearing, Dex? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, money, it's called currency because it's got to keep flowing. You know, if it gets stuck in these pools of billionaire pockets and millionaire pockets, it's not going to go anywhere. We're not going to have a good economy. Then that means other people have to work hard in order to keep the economy going. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't. You know, now we're getting into this whole socialism uh, conversation, but this money has to keep flowing. It can't just sit around and because no matter what the actual dollar amount is in America, it's finite. Mm -hmm. You know, we can keep printing it and printing it, but that number is still finite. So it has to keep flowing somehow. And why would you make other people work that much harder if you don't have to? Yeah. You know? Well, I'm just, well, if I make $20,000 a year and I uh, donate $20, then wow, that person obviously gave from the heart. But if I am on have twenty billion dollars and I give, you know, twenty thousand dollars or ten million, then there has to be an angle to it. Is it so that that doesn't seem fair in terms of it, it doesn't because I remember this one article about how this company spent more. It was like I want to say it was like Anheuser Busch. I could get keep the company wrong or something. It was could have been Coors. But they had spent more on the PR campaign, talking about how they donated a quarter million dollars, than actually on donating the money. 
they literally spent 10 or 12 million dollars on that campaign yeah, to say how good. they yeah to say how they spent you know $250,000 so anytime i hear those donations i'm immediately completely skeptical about the whole thing wow and then maybe we're just jaded. I saw. I know y'all noticed this at the Super Bowl. There were a couple of um, Jesus commercials. Yeah. Oh yeah. They it, cost like millions of dollars. Um, come and, on, dude. But look, th- does that really taint the message? The the money that's involved? Hell yeah. You know Why? this this um what what do they call that uh fellowship uh prosperity gospel? Mm-hmm. That's just late stage capitalism. That's the religion of late stage capitalism. The one that I thought was hypocritical was Disney because Disney literally earlier in the week announced it laying off like 7,000 people. Mm. And then they spent, you know, however many millions of dollars. Really? Yeah. We're not feeling warm and fuzzy about you, Disney. You know, I'm going to I'm not going to defend Disney on that, but I am going to say they probably made that business decision a long time ago. Correct. You know, both of them. My thing is the guy that ran the company to the ground. He got a twenty million dollar like golden parachute. Where that money? If he's the one that made all those decisions to where the company went down, but it's people that are you know dishing out cotton candy that are getting the brunt of it. So I say give the twenty million to them. I guess money money complicates things. So let's just let's just stay broke, y'all. Spoken like a true capitalist. Life that way. (laughs) (laughs) I know T Bird wanted to get in one final one final thought. Um, now I, I think I vaguely remember reading about the script for the Super Bowl being leaked. Y'all, did y'all hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. That's a conspiracy. Theory. Still, well, the, the script that was leaked didn't happen. Do you right. Think? It I was mean, wrong. Wait, but did well, they change it? Oh, gee. No, 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 Because nah. it was it's, leaked. It's not oh. like, it's, <laughs> it's not like y'all were saying it's the, from what I seen and what I heard is that. Through the week, these teams, each player is given a script. And like one guy says, they told me I was going to have a torn ACL in the third week of the season. And then I had and I had to be out. I missed the Super Bowl that year because of that. Now, I, I don't know. I'm, this is just hearsay. And this is just stuff I've seen on Facebook. And they talked to these ex-players. So Arian Foster was one of them, and and he said it. They was doing a podcast, and he said it. So I don't know. And and so you know, OG, you can quick say, oh, it's this and that, but I mean, I watched the guy say it. I feel like if we had as big of, if there was something real there, as big of a, a secret as that is, as many people are involved in that, every single player and every single team, it's too too many people to keep that a secret. I well, just, okay, let's go back to the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, look at the officials. Now, a lot of people say, like Mo said, okay, he shouldn't have called that right there. Perfect example, if if the officials are in on it and they make that call right there, they know that's a turning point in the game now. I'm just talking about from the, from the uh, commissioner and, you know, they talking to them officials in their area anyway. I'm just saying, if 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 you could throw a game, it, 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 you you know. But see, the, I I feel like that ball was almost uncatchable anyway, so the flag may not have been needed. Oh. But it was called. It was called. It was called. There's with anything athletic, one little slip up or one you know 
know, Mahomes throws it or, or Hurts throws it a little bit off and it's not caught or it's not. It, there's too much riding on chance. And we talking about we are talking about a lot of money. So I, I don't know the way things go today. Let's be honest. You just don't know. I mean, maybe I, I feel like if it if we wanted a good tight game, you almost let that go and give the Eagles a chance to score. That would make it an even better game, and then the Chiefs would have to come from behind. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's just it's it was just uh, a thought. I, I've seen it, and I saw something about next year's. You know, the, the, who's going to win next? But I think it's all that's all a scam. Yeah, they, I, or, they they've showed a guy that predicts who's going to win the Super Bowls for the next five six years or something. And so so I don't know. I just know that I'm I'm so tired of all that stuff. I'm. Well, it's only going to get worse. I mean, conspiracy theories thrive because at, on a on a basic level, it taps into what people suspect or believe or suspicious or paranoid yeah. about anyway. So biases. It, it yes, and and it again, and what people don't understand is something that concerns me is that we're we're open and vulnerable to it every time we log on to to Twitter to yeah, TikTok I mean, you're right. to Facebook you're, you're right. and folks don't realize the psychology that's being used to draw you to and keep you coming back logging on so there's really no way to combat or be mm-hmm. or be defensive about that so you go from social media being affected by this kind of type of psychology and it translates in real life so therefore that same mentality Yep. is right for the picking for conspiracy look, look at Ky- Kyrie he, he's been on it a little too much because he's mm-hmm. he's got about three or four ones he's mm-hmm. vested in but mm-hmm. I bet every Eagles fan is saying oh yeah it's a script and right. it's you know it's right. BS it, I, 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 I just try to put myself in that position if if I was in the NFL you know we're dealing with money what, what, what do you do when they say you know you gonna make this amount of money we we need you to do this when you know and i just often wonder about stuff like that i just what's the advantage right for for scripting it there's no bottom line for that i mean the black Sox scandal like i mean but those that was players money that, that, was, that was still players but <laughs> the think advantage. about think about like what is the who who benefits if they if there's a script the advantage is is about the money uh the bets that are made now i think there's more to lose and i don't know and risking it and finding and everybody finding out like i mean right. we're living in the age of to where everybody's got a camera everybody's got a microphone loose lips sink ships we've gotten so many spilled secrets if this came out just a risk something like this happening and then coming out and that's that whole right. would fall if we couldn't keep watergate a secret with so few people there the entire NFL and former players can keep something right. like this. And, yeah. that was be- and that was before the internet. That was, yeah. way before, that was before telephone. So, yeah. All right, gentlemen, wonderful evening. Enjoy spending time with you. Any final thoughts? Uh, just enjoy your weekend. <laughs> yeah, y'all check out that XFL game. Let me know how it was. Yeah, Saturday, right. OG. Saturday and Sunday in the yeah. afternoon and evening. Yeah, I'm going to be knitting. Uh. Yeah. Uh-huh.